morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Material Podcast. We're feeling super silly today. This is episode number 264. We're recording this week on July 15, 2020. I am your host, Florence Ion, and I'm joined here by Adianaco. Hello. Hi. We're having a snow day here. Mm? Actually, it's not snowing. It's a, actually it's a very, very pleasant 76, 77 degrees mm. and breezy. I've actually got the... I've got the windows actually open in the office, which I rarely do. You know, I, I want to revel a Right, because bit. you live in extremely thick, wet humidity. Well, see, that's why normally I keep them closed because, like, I can, I, I can see, like, books, like, starting to go. <laughs> and it's, they get a little wavy. And I get, and they're not like they're not like you know original signed copies of the Bible or anything, but it's, it gets me upset. I've got I've got this beautiful poster. Uh, remember from the uh, from Apple's old Think Different campaign, mm-hmm. and they had these limited edition posters. I have I have one of Maria Callas, and that is like too nice for it's uh, it's still rolled up in the same tube that I from I bought from when I bought it like three months ago because I'm waiting to have it like professionally framed not just because it's a really nice poster and i want it to look nice and not just because i am like i am deeply in middle age and people look at you askance if you if you it's the rule is you can have posters but they have to be nicely framed now you can't just like that's adulthood that's how you know you've made it to adulthood you're not just sticking posters directly to the wall you put them into something and then you put a hole in the wall and right. then you put those you hang those right there. But so um, but, but, but it's like, like but it's nice it's nice enough that like it would break my heart a little bit if like I if I hung it like in February when I got it and then with like I just bought like a amazon.com like poster frame standard poster frame and then now it's July it's like oh Maria Callas is now all wrinkly because of all the human oh. oh no even no. in the poster uh Poster holder? No, no, no. I'm saying that that's why I haven't like I haven't oh, just bought. Oh, yes, it. yes. Okay, that, that, that's good, why good, I have good. to like. Oh, okay, I know it's going to cost me like 100, 200 bucks to like have it hermetically sealed in a glass frame and stuff. But if I wanted to, if I wanted to look something not akin to a piece of crap, that's unfortunately what I'm going to have to do. So I do want to share a quick anecdote just because it's got my mind running. I wasn't originally going to talk about this, but and it's not like hopefully my. Husband doesn't hear me, uh, but I am incredibly n- adverse to using the drill to put holes in the wall and uh, put in a, a crap. What are they called? The little inserts that you put into the drywall um, before you put in the screwy part. <laughs> how did she get a job as a tech journal? I Listen, I don't write about house construction, so I don't know these terms. Um but anyway, so I bought a bunch of command strip oh. shelves. But this is why before we hit record, I was telling Andy how there's like holes in my wall. Uh, and it's because the command strips, I, I tried to put some on this week, like the command shelves so that I could display my keyboards because I have a lot of keyboard stuff that's going on. And I just wanted to like put them on the wall and make it artsy instead of putting them in a closet. Uh, yeah, and then they went in crooked, and I tried to fix them, and it turns out that the adhesive is so strong um, that it can take off not one, not two, but three layers of paint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you don't see anything, but behind me, you see this little 
eight bit or whatever this little yes thing I have here. Um, I'm I'm pointing to Andy on my webcam. Yeah, underneath it is like two giant gaping holes. So what I did is I put a push pin push pin over there, and I'm just like hanging it. So <laughs> I'm hoping that nobody finds out until like we move out of this house. So <laughs> let's see. I'll I'll let you know if uh, if I'm giving away. <laughs> before then um anyway what i was actually going to bring to the table though was an another anecdote about last night so andy have you been following along with this comet that is apparently existing yes right now uh so before i met my husband i didn't even think of space like twice and i think part of it was just because it was never really instilled in me from a young age but he has always been fascinated by it so He's really brought me to it, which I appreciate. Um, and it, it's given me an appreciation for things in just being able to see things in the sky. So we've finally been able to see like the faint trail of the comet. Like, we're finally able to see it Yay. last night. We've been looking for it for days. He was using the Starwalk app to just kind of like, I, you know, I would like call out his name because I would, you know, <laughs> need something. And he would be outside of the backyard with the smartphone, like trying to figure out where it was. Um, and the comet was too was underneath the horizon, if that makes sense. So yes. we couldn't like see it. We saw it last night, very faint. So I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to like try out these parent astrophotography automatic situation that the smartphones claim to do these days. Uh, my husband took his SLR and, and did the whole long exposure thing. So I brought out the Pixel 3 because that was the only one that I have set up. And um, the OnePlus 8 and the OnePlus 8 failed to capture anything in its nightscape mode. <laughs> so I put it into the pro mode, which a lot of Android phones have. And I usually really like a pro mode, but because I didn't have anywhere to place a phone to just have it be still, um, I was holding it as straight as I possibly could outside <laughs> of my window. And it, you can kind of see the comet, but it's like, it's a very shaky situation. You can barely tell the photo. Like, it just doesn't look like a nice render that you could share on the internet. So I went downstairs. This is like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, You know, rustled through my things, look for the Pixel 3, turned it on, put it in the same little tripod that I'm holding. And... All three pictures that I snapped came out, you know, what I expected from a smartphone, considering. Uh, But I was really quite impressed with that new astrophotography mode. The first time that I shot the photo, you know, you you put it into night sight, you tap the shutter button, and you get the little caption that goes, shooting in astrophotography mode. And then what the Pixel 3 did is it did a countdown of about a minute and a half so the first picture it took a minute and a half gathering all of this data it gives you a nice uh little loading circle so i know like how much time i have left versus like on the one plus eight it didn't i had no idea how many seconds i was into the exposure i just kind of stood still until it told me not to anymore um And on top of that, it was giving me little cues. The Pixel 3 was. It was giving me little cues like uh, grabbing more light, like getting more detail, kind of letting me know like what the computer was doing. And so I was really impressed with that, just that user interface 
situation going on there. And then I shot another photo after that, and it was much quicker. So it's making me think that all of that data was somehow cached. And so when I went to go shoot the next photo, the camera app knew it was like, okay, this is the same thing we just shot. Let's grab all that extra information and and then add on top of that. This is what I'm assuming happened. Um, And the result was I linked you a picture in our show notes, and I will drop this uh, in the show notes for the podcast in my Google Photos account um, is a very faint picture of a comet. It's not like super clear. It's not like something you would get shooting with like a two, $3,000 SLR and lens. Um, but for a tiny little smartphone that I put on a tripod just outside of my bedroom window to be able to just see like this faint sliver of a comet is super cool yeah. because now I have this photo evidence of this once in a lifetime comet I'm going to show this to Mona. I'm going to tell her all the story about how she didn't go to sleep that night, but eventually she did. And we went out and <laughs> I mean, it was pitch dark, which you can't tell from this photo because it managed to capture so much light as a result. Also kind of showed me where all the light pollution is coming from. But I'm just that kind of little part right there is why it's very hard for me to part with a pixel. It's yeah. just that Google computational ability that they tack on there that just does this extraordinary job of doing something that is not super. I would say it's not something that it's a niche case, but the fact that I was able to do it without having to invest in a bunch of expensive camera equipment, like made me really happy. Yeah. I don't know. It was just cool. It was cool. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's cool that that was, uh, I, we, we remember the times where, it's like, oh, it's after four thirty p.m. There's we don't we don't even have to bother taking out the phone because there's no way it's going to take a good it's going to take a good picture within like ninety minutes of sundown. Sundown, and and the great thing about and you, you have a point that there uh, there might be some like sour pusses that are like, oh, well, great, the took a, took a picture with your with your camera, you can barely see the the comet, and it's like you don't get it. It's not about uh, nabbing the cover of National Geographic or exactly, Air and Space. Exactly. It's, it's the same reason why like people go on whale watches, like not to get <gasps> yes. beautiful pictures of like the whales breaching and spraying. It's like it's nice if you if you happen to have like a six hundred millimeter lens and lightning quick reflexes. Reflexes. What you're hoping for is to get like a picture that contains a white splash and a little <laughs> curl of black somewhere in it. So that you can say, "Oh, I went to the whale watch, and look, we saw we we saw a whale, we saw a whale." I was it's, in its presence; it was yes. around me. Like exactly, I I know they exist. I've seen them. You know, it's like I I think that was actually the thing that really helped me to get into space was when we were dating. My husband and I would go on what we would call nerd camping trips, where we would bring the SLR, we would stay up late, and we would stargaze. And it got to a point where I really freaked out one night when we had gone camping and he took me to a place where we could sit and it was just like the vastness of the valley and it really creeped me this is gonna sound like really intense man i wasn't expecting to go this deep in it but it really made me realize like what a tiny little speck i am in the universe oh yeah and i think just all of this has given me a, a greater appreciation for 
of the great unknown that is space. And so, you know, I'll admit at first my husband was like, I got to see this comet. I'm like, whatever, dude, it's just a comet. Like, who cares? But <laughs> then he saw it last night. He was, I, you know, he was like sending me hangouts from downstairs. He's like, I saw the comet. I saw the guy. I got a picture of it. I'm like, okay, I, I need to see this thing too. <laughs> so... Life yeah. is neat, okay? No, just, it, no, or just it, this is a good remembrance that life is neat, and we are super, super insignificant. Yes. No, no, it's, it's good. The, the the only thing that I, the only real uh, experience I've ever had that was close to that of like really being aware of like how small I am in the presence of. So I, I was on a, uh, I was on a, a geek cruise, and in the middle of the Pacific, like part, part, like three days of it was it was around the it was around the Hawaiian Islands. And like whenever whenever we were at sea, like I and some other people were like giving like nerdy talks to like the people who'd signed up for this cruise, um, which also meant that like hey wow free like week long cruise around Hawaii hey, um, but part of it was like go, like a, a full days like day and a half sail to Kiribati Island, which is like so, and then a full day sail all the way back to Hawaii from there. But so in the middle of it, obviously we're just in the damn middle of the Pacific. And there is a, I, for, uh, from no, no actual plans, I found myself on, at the bar that is like at the highest point, at the highest point in the ship, they have like a little bar. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was there and like now we're in the middle of the Pacific and I just took it upon myself to wait a minute. And I just like looked around like, like 10 degrees at a time, like did a full 360 and realized that if I were to fall off this boat, <laughs> I would be so it, it recalibrated my definition of totally screwed. It's like I'm not even you know what? I'm not even going to like okay, that's a load off my mind. I don't even have to worry about treading water or like catching rainwater if it rains. I can just die and drown right now because Jesus. there's <laughs> I because I'm like, you know, a hundred feet in the hundred feet in the air and I can't see Jack. <laughs> except for except for water as like and 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 i realized that i'm not i'm barely seeing a a fraction of what the ocean actually is so i know how Mm -hmm. big but it's like wow that's that really puts it into perspective that if not for this floating resort that i that i have underneath me at this moment this place is not a place where i am meant to be it's Oh, God. Well, you know what? Life is good. Um, <laughs> life is good, but you know what is not good, Andy, is I YouTube music. This whole situation um, has been – some of the people in my life um, who are not necessarily techies have reached out to me complaining like, Flo, what is this Google Play Music to YouTube Music transfer? Like, the transfers are happening now, and people are starting to stumble. How has your situation been with the move? Because I know that this is something that you've been working on. I feel like this is this is one of your summer projects. Yeah, I, I finally got the email, like, to, like, hey, it's now you can transfer your, it's your Google, Google Play Music. To, yeah. <laughs> and so I uh, I have to say that I've only been using it for a week. So I don't know whether my final conclusion will be that YouTube music sucks or if it is te sucksors, as we used to say in the 90s. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, where we the- also said that in the early 2000s. Thank you very much for those of us who really wanted to show how nerdy we were. Present well, no, well, see again. I've, I've, <laughs> the, the, I've, I've complimented the younger generations on coming up with words like burb and doggo. <laughs> true, true, true. We did, we didn't do. Our generation didn't do that. However, mm-hmm. we did invent tesuxors, mm-hmm. possibly because of our consistently negative attitude towards all things. To say this sucks seemed woefully insignificant, mm-hmm. insufficient to encapsulate the suckitude Absolutely. of certain things, such as. YouTube music. I mean, it is, <laughs> this is the worst. It's terrible. I didn't, I didn't get, uh, from the very beginning when this, when it was first released like uh, several years ago, I totally didn't get why, uh, why Google and, and, and Alphabet and YouTube thought that it made perfect sense to merge uh, subscription music and your like personal music library with your YouTube library, and it always just seemed like a it seemed like a good business move, in that it allows Google slash YouTube to sort of leverage their here here is what we have that's unique right. uh, compared to Spotify and Apple Music and the rest, and YouTube is the closest thing that uh, that Google has to to a successful social network like a social graph. That's mm-hmm. actually like functional right. and works. And to be honest, a lot of uh, bands and music publishers and music pirates have been uploading music to like YouTube. It's uh, it's kind of it's always been kind of galling to like be subscribed to Google Play Music and uh, like so I'm, I'm listening to an album through my music subscription, like on Google my my Google Home speaker, and I'm on Reddit or I'm on whatever. And I'm just like reading the news, like making bookmarks and stuff like that. So, oh, here's a oh here's a video that's been embedded. Oh, that, that looks cool. I think I'll watch that like when I have time later on. And the and I know that I, I really want to save this video, so I am going to click on the watch later button, knowing full well that at the end of this song, this nest speaker is going to say. We're sorry. Music playback has been stopped because you're currently using your play account on another device. Like, no, I'm not. I just simply favorited it. It's the... <sighs> oh, I didn't know that happened, actually, with the Google stuff. I oh, thought yeah, that yeah. was just like a, a third-party thing, you know, because I always get that with Spotify because yeah. it forgets it's... to switch between my account and my husband's account. And here's the thing. It's, the it's, it's it, Yeah, it is. It's the thing is, it's not just... Us journalists talking about it this way. It's if you go on Twitter and you look for like YouTube music, people complaining about it, like you will, you will come up with some things. You will come up with people writing uh, Google or whatever YouTube customer support. Um, I have a feeling that they were prepared for this, though. But I also I feel like what you were saying about the reason for why they made this switch I feel like we're not going to find out the real on the record version of that until years from now <laughs> when we've all been forced to move over um, uh, until after someone I'm quits staying, and can't hold it in any longer. Exactly. I'm staying on Spotify, but it's very interesting. Like Spotify now is doing all these things. So it's trying to like differentiate, differentiate itself. Um, it's I feel like right now because we're stuck at home, it's becoming a the streaming wars are getting louder. 
because it's like, well, you're at home, you have nothing to do. And like, you want to distract yourself from how terrible the world is. So give us $5, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. And I'm trying to just, again, that word, look at the value add of everything. And YouTube music, the thing that you told me a couple weeks back about paying for like a YouTube premium to get rid of ads, I feel like that's great advice because that keeps you from having to see some of the garbage that is advertised across the platform. But in terms of YouTube music, I'm having a really hard time finding why somebody would want this over some other streaming service. I mean, it's, it's just terrible. I mean, where where I was going with that is that it's, it's, it was always galling because like, okay, so I can't listen to this. I I can't listen to this like B-52s album without being interrupted and told I can't listen to this anymore. But if I go in now, if I go into YouTube and do a search for some user who's uploaded this album illegally, track by track by track, I can probably play it through YouTube and it will be just fine with that. And so that's that's why mm. that might that might have been one of the things that sort of affected like that's YouTube's decision that hey we have a, we're also a music service. But this but as for the reasons why you have a subscription service or the reason why you like upload your own music to a music service, it sucks. Like what, what, what the thing that really surprised me is that there's absolutely no fence between uh, YouTube has playlists, Google Play Music has playlists, uh, has favorites on both sides too. But I nothing prepared me for the first time that I said, "Oh God, that was that was a horrible experience." Well, I'll just go back into YouTube and I'll watch this, watch my subscription videos. Like, oh, congratulations! All of your favorited videos are now mixed in with your all of your favorited music tracks. And oh, look now, in addition to uh, like your your very carefully curated set of YouTube playlists, now you have Midtown Miami Mellow. And all these automatically created playlists that are, uh, and what, and, and like, why are, I can, I can understand the utility of like, I do have like a music YouTube playlist. Okay. That's fine. I have an opera YouTube playlist. I could see how that could possibly be useful within the music sphere, but I also have a comedy playlist and I have a documentary playlist. And why are all of those now appearing in my music But also what if one of those opera playlists was like opera from a very specific venue that you were trying to like, because when on, on Plex, I make very specific playlists for very specific. Right. Like moves. It's like here are all the nine oh two one oh episodes where Andrea is a feminist like awesomeness, you know? <laughs> like I, I want to have that curated and I feel like an AI is not gonna do that for me the yeah. way well, that's, that I would do it for myself. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly it. It's it's the my usual complaint with having a, a subscription service as a no matter what it is, Spotify, Apple Music, even mm-hmm. Google Play Music, compared to curating my music on my own Plex server. Is that when I open the Plex app, particularly if I'm using if I'm using the new like uh, have you tried a Plex amp yet? It's like a, a music only dedicated like Plex. I app. haven't tried. No, there's I've got a lot of Plex it's, maintenance it's, to do, but yeah, it's it's pretty slick. But it underscores like what I like about like curating my own music. I launch the app and it just wants to show me my music and this like my playlist and my my recent albums. It's not it doesn't have an agenda. It's not it's not going rogue mm. on me. It doesn't say because well, it has nothing if, to sell you. Right. YouTube exactly. has, it's like, has it's well it's not even just like nothing to sell you. It's the idea that 
but if I only play the music that you've already told me you liked, I'm not learning anything new about you. I can't update my marketing profile, but I need to keep inundating you with new radio stations and new automated playlists and new location-specific music. I actually mood didn't music. think about that. Ugh. I didn't think about the... Uh, I didn't think about... Uh, this is... It's just... I'm... Yeah. Whatever happened to good old Winamp, you know? Like, that's just the kind of, like, you know, just... <laughs> well, the, the the other... I, I, I won't turn this into a much longer rant but it's just the the suck runs deep on this that uh, uh, chromecast the simplest damn thing like congratulations google yeah. you created you own this standard you created this thing called chromecast and you also created this speaker that i spent 200 i should have spent 400 bucks for when it was new right, but you buy, i, you I got it them. for 200 that's immaterial but you you also created this speaker and now you've created the you've created this uh the, the, this, this youtube music and now i find out that um although youtube music can play like my personal music like my actual music files it will not cast any of them it actually tells you no i'm sorry i can't cast this is, this is a local file on your phone i can't cast it to the device not only that but you can't cast at all unless you're subscribed to the premium version of youtube music and i am because i'm subscribed to youtube premium but the idea that why isn't the cast button just something that you assume you get with everything you can't that's cast a decent... local music nope do you need an app suggestion that does that, by the way? Because I have one for you. Uh, well, that will cast just, local music from Android. Just FYI. You, well, you can also go into the uh, going to the, the settings panel and just put cast like the all audio from the device. But the idea of making it like conditional to cast anything from this app, from a Google app to a Google created piece of hardware, oy, and I and I won't get into the the fact that. Nothing seems to – I added like a bunch of albums like last night or the night before. I can't find any of them because I, I added them from I think the web the web interface on one laptop and they're not appearing on uh, – they're not appearing on my phone. Oh, there's also no Android TV app. So given that like I've got my NVIDIA Shield that is kind of like your my stereo system. It's your yeah, – exactly. Yeah, that's uh, that's connected to the to the good receiver. That's what and comes out when, when people can visit again. Yeah, right. It's like my sound bar, which I haven't used in months, but because yeah. that's what. <laughs> I mean, oh it's, my gosh. it's just it's just garbage. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to use it to see if I'm just missing out on stuff, but I can't. This is exactly the reason why. Uh, years ago when Apple Music came out and Apple made such a pig's ear of like their transition to from iTunes to Apple Music that I decided, okay, I, I've always had like a big pile of like my ripped MP3s. Now I'm going to, I've been, my eyes have been opened to the fact that I need to abandon ship completely from streaming services. And I need to, I need to find some, find something that turned out to be Plex to organize my stuff without iTunes, to stream it without a streaming service, because this is this transition is at worst an annoyance. It's like okay, I'll guess I guess I'll just uh, I'm I'm going to continue to pay for it because I still want like no ads in YouTube and that's part of the package. But if I want streaming music now, I will go to Apple Music or maybe I'll go to Spotify, a, a new account there. 
But, oh, this is just horrifying. 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 Um, yeah. So before we move on uh, to take our first break, uh, I want to quickly just check in with you on how you're doing on that fossil watch of yours because yeah. I've already, I've pretty much I had another yet another conversation this week about wearables Android wearables uh I feel like this is just a weekly thing that comes up in my life now um and it's as such I, I want to check in on you and make sure that you're doing okay and you haven't yeah been, I mean la- you know. last time now um as uh, to to recap like usually I, I don't know if you do the same thing that I do but uh, when I'm testing out a new piece of hardware I've never like really tried before, mm-hmm. the f- uh, I try to I try to approximate the consumer experience as closely as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not as though like I, it, so it's obvious to me that oh well here's a smartwatch battery life even if it's an Apple Watch is not going to be like a weeks long sort of stuff. So I'm going to like fine tune some of the some of the features to turn off stuff I don't need to extend the battery. But I can't do that like at the beginning with this fossil watch that I got because I want to see out of the box, put it on my wrist, trusting that the designers of this watch, this operating system anticipated my need to have this run for more than four hours. (laughs) How well, and I I was not having much success or much happiness. But now that I've made some adjustments, like uh, keeping it mostly in air, in airplane mode, uh, and actually, that was that was mostly what it had. It cut down on uh, unnecessary Wi-Fi traffic, and now I'm getting easily a day and a half to two days of battery with it, which is really all I wanted. It, all I really wanted was the ability to certainly get through a full day, no matter what that full day is. And st- I'm still getting notifications through uh, Bluetooth LE, so that works. I'm still getting like heart rate and fitness tracking, uh, but. Uh, the 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 idea that if I don't pop it on the don't necessarily pop it on the charger immediately that I can I'm not totally hosed here, um, and also uh, knowing how knowing how like the modern version of Wear OS works that I, I like the fact that you can downgrade it to from the full like Watch OS experience, click it down once into the battery saver like high performance uh, high battery performance mode. Or you can click it all the way down to look. Just give me the time. Don't I won't. Ever, I promise I won't touch any of the buttons. Just give me. The I time. won't ask you for if I'm if my if I'm about to die from a fibrillation or whatever. Just tell me. Just I, I want to do this with my wrist and know how much time I have until I need to get back to work. And so it's it works okay. I, again, for a ninety nine dollar like super discount watch. I have to say that I'm happy with it. I would not be. I would not have been happy with it if had I spent two hundred seventy five dollars, especially seeing what two hundred seventy five dollars list price would have bought me as an Apple Watch, uh, or what two hundred dollars might have bought me with a Fitbit uh, or another another fitness watch. But I have to say that, particularly particularly now that I've chosen watch faces that I really like, okay, I'm 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 into it. I I do not regret spending a hundred dollars on this thing. See about that. Uh, We're going to take a break. And uh, when we get back, we'll talk about some more things. So we are at the point in this pandemic where we are in desperate need for something, anything to look forward to. And with the way Google is going about with this Pixel 4a, Pixel 5 thing, and I was just not knowing, like, what is next, I, I feel like this is maybe... 
something that'll help us just look forward to whatever it is that the future holds. Uh, Fast Company published a really fascinating article with Google's ATAP uh, division head. His name is Dan Kaufman. Um, the byline on the article is none other than the veteran journalist Harry McCracken. So it's hey. a really, really, yes, Harry is absolutely wonderful we do and um and the article is just really good it's very uh it's very readable like you just you know it, it's not it's not mired in this tech executive is important yeah. it's like this tech executive is still working and here's what he's working <laughs> on <laughs> he has not been fired yet nor has he been shuttled to a new position in which he he he's responsible for nothing and answers to nobody Exactly. Yeah. He has not been put in the basement with his red stapler. Yes. Uh. <laughs> it, it, it was it was cool because it's the it's the sort of like if if I'm given access to someone of a certain high level, I don't want to hear I don't want to hear oh congratulations congratulations now I get to hear a rundown of the features of the new phone from your mouth instead of from the website exactly word for word. It was a, it was a nice piece that had a bunch of people at ATAP explaining like. Here's the philosophy of what we do. Here's what we feel our purpose is. And here's the road that we've sort of followed for the, yes. to get there. Yes. Um, now, for those who don't know or maybe have forgotten, ATAP is the division that helps uh, concoct basically future-facing hardware tech. Um, if you're thinking of Project Soli, that comes from the ATAP division. Now, Project Soli was mentioned in the article, which I really appreciated because as I was like reading through it, I'm like, well, what about solely on the Pixel 4? You sure didn't like, and yes, they they talked about it, which is why I think this is a good article. Um, and seeing as how our podcast is coming toward the end of the week, this would make a very good weekend read. So it'll be in the show notes. Um, but we want to give you a couple of highlights so you kind of know like what you're going into. So this is uh, Dan Kaufman's first interview in five years. Last time he was interviewed was on 60 Minutes when he was working at DARPA. So we're kind of still continuing the DARPA tradition. For those, again, that don't know, Project ATAP. Project ATAP? ATAP? Whatever. Uh, it used to be Atal. Project ATAP. It <laughs> used to um, be Project um ATAP. On the, on the A, second A. Well, I don't... <laughs> I've been covering this stuff for so long that I actually forgot some of the stuff that they mentioned in this article, by the way, like project Aura was such a big thing. Yeah. I went to all the developer um, days for that. Like I wrote about, I wrote about it so much for the publications that I was working for, but that feels like a whole lifetime ago, which is probably speaking the, the, to how the Lego phone is it was something I was so excited about. Like, Oh, you want a better camera? Just pop out the old camera, just snap in a new one, snap in a new processor. It was a nice thought, just like uh, socialized medicine in the United States. Yeah. It's a nice thought. Uh, or democracy. <laughs> you know, yes. we, ha we had a good run. We can't say we didn't give it a good old try. Yes, exactly. Um, all right. So Kaufman talked about the purpose of ATAP research, um, which I thought was a really good way to just kind of put it. Um, to quote, I say, imagine a world in which this thing existed. I want you to forget all your objections. Just go on a fantasy with me. If I could build this, would you want it? So this is kind of what Kaufman asked the team, you know, when they're sitting down and throwing their ideas into a hat. Uh, he says, if I can't get a yes, then it's probably not that good of an idea. If I get a yeah, that'd be great. But how are you going to do that? 
That's why we're here. Um, I really like that. I, I feel yeah. like that's just that good old Silicon Valley spirit, the kind of thing that really attracted us to covering this stuff, um, the kind of thing that attract continues to attract us to this. Sometimes it's hard to remember this in the in the mess of everything else that goes on in the world, but like this is ultimately what hardware and and software teams like that this is the way that you should think to try and kind of solve problems, not make problems that need to be solved, so to speak. Um, so ATAP, for those who also don't remember, was originally part of the Motorola acquisition. So yes, some Rick's, Rick Osterlo connections here. Um, it used to be focused on communication projects, but uh, Alphabet still held on to it, even when they got rid of Motorola. And then ATAP had become a part of Alphabet and Google's unified hardware group, which is why so many of the things they work on gets included in those consumer-facing things. Of course, the group initially lacked kind of a unified vision, which I feel like could maybe be applied to some other divisions at Google, but, you know. Where was it? It's fine. It happens. Listen, my brain is the same way. Like, you go into that corner, it's not unified with the other corner of what's going on in my life. So I completely understand. Um, Kaufman kind of helped sort of bring about this rethinking of what ATAP research, uh, what the fruits of that labor would be. So instead of giving an idea like Project Aura a couple of years to develop into a real product, um, the point is to let this research grow over a longer period of time so it can become kind of a broader technology. Uh, He says, Kaufman says in the article, if you want to have real impact and build something really meaningful at a scale that Google's going to do, four or five years is not surprising. And I would tend to agree with him, actually, because I am, that's also the philosophy that I have in my own life. It's just sometimes things take a little longer for them to really be of use. Uh, Of course, this is the part where we talk about Project Soli. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people will say, what the heck is it doing in the Pixel 4? And the article does address this, which is uh, the Pixel 4, that Project Soli inclusion, it's not just a flash in the pan. Um, the messaging in the article, it really kind of redresses Soli as this basic radar technology that ATAP will continue to develop for. And we will probably find it in future projects. And I imagine that by then we'll have a more, you know, robust team working on things. This was kind of what I thought about Project Soli anyway when I first, yeah. you know, when you and I were at the event um, together, Andy, back in October. It was kind of like, of course, yes, this is like a thing. It's just an introduction to consumers to kind of think about this. And that's, I guess this is why you would buy a Google phone, is you do get access yeah. to this stuff kind of before it really becomes a thing. Yeah, and it's and it's still an interesting idea, particularly like embedded inside uh, inside a watch, where you don't have enough room for buttons or like mm-hmm. uh, or those kind of controls, or even for like uh, smart devices for smart speakers. I was speakers. just gonna say, I yeah. think that's. I still stand by that. That's where that technology is going to be the most helpful. We're just not seeing it yet. I mean, it was it was really it, it was good to hear them talk about stuff like that uh, on a lot of companies. Um, it's like, OK, Ted, if you really think that this radar on a chip idea is going to turn into a blockbuster product, we'll give you a team and we'll give you a budget. And we hope 
given all the resources you need to make this a success, that in two years we get that success that you've promised us. And if we don't get it, you do understand that you're fired and you can take your little radar chip with you. I, it's I, that's that's because that's not really how technology is supposed to work. No. I, I, I like, I mean, people keep, I think, naively calling Google Glass like a, a flop. But when I you agree. Think of, okay. No, I'm sorry. I agree with that. <laughs> you agree that with exact... what you think I was going to say as opposed to you agree with the people who think it's a flop? Yeah. No, I agree with you that it's a little <laughs> it's a little too soon to say it's a flop. That's what I meant to say. Right. The, I, I just I really that... agree with that sentiment because it is very frustrating. Anyway, go on. Right. Sorry. But the but the but, but <laughs> what, what, what I was gonna say is just that um, they they learned a lot about how people interact with such devices. Also, they learned a lot about uh, a card style interface, where if all we can do is we we can't give people this is not a device that um, people can interact with the screen directly. Nor do we want people to like lift up their hands and like stroke the side the the side pieces of the of, right. of the glasses. But how do we have an interface and a philosophy? Where I'm, go- where the device is going to communicate visual information as clearly and well organized as possible, and we've actually seen that, like in Google Search, we've seen that in in, in material design, uh, and I think it has informed a lot of things. So I would, I would hope that this, it, I would hope that this not that okay, we 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 tried this this radar chip idea in the phone, people didn't go for it, developers wouldn't go for it, you'll never see this again. It's going. Hopefully, it's going to be well. Now we know how to do this. We're going to f- keep thinking about ways we can implement this. Like, uh, like uh, they also mentioned the uh, the smart clothing initiative that mm-hmm, they're involved mm-hmm. in. That a lot of the Soli stuff came about by as part of the research they were doing into mm-hmm. the partnership with Levi. Uh, so yeah, that so that's good stuff to hear. I, as as I'm saying positive things, like there's obviously like we've been sort of alluding to. There's a reason why Google decided to make. Like the head of the the, the head of their uh, uh, advanced technology and projects group available to like a very very well known and well respected journalist is because they need to get a certain happy vibe going out before all the antitrust stuff starts to hit. I think. Which we will so, talk a bit so about I, that. But... I, I just want to defend myself against being a stupid damn Google slash Alphabet shill. No, you're not. I think what's happening right now, Andy, is because of all the f- the time that consumers are spending at home. It's just the way the world has slowed down. I feel like what some of these companies are doing right now is trying to reinvigorate that story that we yeah. had before, because a lot of people are really distracted right now. Um, so from a purely marketing standpoint, this is a great way to kind of remind people like, hey, remember that thing that like used to get you really excited before the world just like reminded you that there's nothing to be excited about? Sorry. Just, <laughs> listen, I'm a spectrum. I'm a person who exists on all episode ends of the spectrum. OK, so <laughs> um, so that's why I feel like we've been getting a lot of pieces like this. Uh, I like it, though, because it reminds me of a pre-pixel Google because Google used to be a lot more open than Apple, which is kind of what attracted me to Google at the beginning of my career. It was like, oh, okay, this, 
I can like hang out in this group. I don't feel like excluded. Uh, and so it's kind of nice to see this. There's another little interesting tidbit that is in the Fast Company article, uh, which is a section that talks about a pet concept of ATAP's technical project lead, uh, Alex Kaufman. So these are called direct objects, which are devices that are useful without being overcomplicated pieces of technology. Uh, kind of think of familiar objects that are familiar, but that can do things a little more than you would imagine. So an example of this, and I'm excited for this personally, uh, smart pen. Smart pens usually require like a special paper to work, but theirs is just a pen that writes on whatever you write it on. There, there are a couple of different pens where um, they can do like handwriting, handwriting recognition and they can like capture text. Thank you. Uh, they they can't capture text, but you have to use like special notebook paper that has right. like grids of dotted lines. Right. That's right. Right. Okay. Now the the only oh yeah the the other thing that I found a little bit interesting and confusing when he uh, when uh, Harry is t- describing what this like prototype pen, which he also says it's a, just a prototype, it's the size of a popsicle. Uh, says it works well enough to explore its possibility. You can circle words to convert them into editable text. <gasps> And like, okay, does that? And I, I mean, I'm mean thinking, wait a minute. So, am I using some sort of like electronic paper now? Like, oh, or are you saying that I'm just taking notes? But if there's something I want to capture digitally as electronic text, I can circle it, and <gasps> it will know. Like, okay, that's what you circled, and so I'm going to capture this or write in write in. Uh, I can write in English, and it will be captured in Italian and like post. I don't know. It was some. I had to read some some of those parts like a couple of times before. I think what Harry is describing might be this, but I could be wrong. Regardless, I like everything that you just said. Everything yes. that you just said sounds really helpful and useful. Um, and I will say, as a person who has purchased pens and papers of that sort in the past, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. It also excites me because I would. As much as I love the S Pen and I guess the the Pixel Pen for the Pixel Book, um, I would like for something that's not super proprietary. I would like for something I could just toss into a pen bag. That would be <laughs> okay. You I know. thought I did. I want to make sure I look. I I I was pretty sure the one that I was thinking of was called the Live Scribe. But I wanted to make sure that it was that was. Yes, was I remember the Live Scribe. Uh, I remember that thing was really giant. It was a it was a sharpie, yeah. Yeah, it's not super organic. No fluidity about it, the way that you would want from a pen. This pen idea uh, that he's prototyped is is perfect because, I mean, obviously I've been sent these like live scribe pens to try out, and they're cool and they're fun. But that's really not how I use pens. It's not that okay. I'm going to take this pen and I'm going to take this special notebook. And I'm going to write in this special notebook in this special way. And oh, if I do a, if I draw a grid like this, it's going to turn that into a table. And then they can. It's like that's not how I do. I take a, I take a pen out of my pocket and I write likely on whatever piece of crap I have handy. I also have like three or four or five different notebooks. I've got like a pocket notebook yep. for yep. when I'm traveling. That I that I'm traveling. I've got like the little hardcover notebook that is like my general like day to day note taker when I'm in the before times when I would be leaving the house. And I need like a place to like keep notes and stuff like that. 
And so the idea of the paper being independent of the device and the device simply acting like a pen that all that uh, when he's he's talking when he says he, uh, I don't think that this has to have that much, that much smarts in it he's talking about uh, something that can connect to the internet and use uh, use Google cloud computing in order to do all the uh, all all it has to do is capture telemetry and the cloud computing um, uh, the cloud computing uh, segment of it can do all the all the magic it also means that it can keep adding features as you go along it is an, it is a super intriguing idea uh, and I can't wait for them to release it and then for Google to sell only 750,000 units and for everyone at Apple and Samsung to say it was an abject failure. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a, uh, it is that kind of a year when I can – also, I mean, uh, Twitter was hacked massively yesterday and it, could have taken down was. the entire planet. But they decided they all they wanted was $120,000. And well, I don't know why y'all currency. thought that Jeff Bezos was giving money back to his community. Well, I, that's well, not I, well, something I, he would ever well, do. Well, I didn't. I was just my my worry was that <laughs> what if what if this kind of ultimate weapon, meaning access to the system at admin console at Twitter, so you so that arbitrarily can take over any account and multiple accounts and tweet anything from them. What if that, that power were not in the hands of idiots? What if it was in the hands of someone who said, gee, I could manipulate the stock market and make millions and millions of dollars and no one would ever know. Or I could do something really, really frisky like two days before an election and take over like the accounts of like, 80 of the most trusted reporters and news agencies in the world to make it sound as though a certain candidate's plane like is missing and make through through the entire. What are you putting out there in the world, Andy? I don't, I don't I'm like just, the way you're putting I'm out there. I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I'm just very disappointed in these young men and women mm. like ambition. Okay. I, you're young, you're fun, you're free. You think you got your whole life ahead of you. There's going to be a time where you're going to be looking back and said, you know what? I, all I wanted was $120,000 so that I could establish a camp for me and my friends at Burning Man 2022. I should have be, I should have dreamed bigger than that. Uh, I like that Andy don't, thought don't over re- two don't, years ahead. Don't go with, with regrets like that. That's what I'm saying. There's more to the article that we were just discussing. Um, I think this is a really good read. I think you should click on the link in our show notes and check it out. Uh, Enjoy it with your Saturday or Sunday morning coffee. Kind of a thing to just really keep in mind as you're reading the article. Think about um, how the different Google technologies sort of piggyback off of each other. And and that's kind of like Google's overarching message, you know, in this particular case, I think as I was saying earlier, talking about how they're still thinking, they're still innovating, the gears are still turning to kind of figure out how to move forward. So maybe we don't have anything super to look forward to right now because we're just trying to get to the next day as we can. But I think that it's nice to have these articles to kind of remind us that there are big things ahead, including... Possibly the Pixel 4a. So a quick little tidbit before we take a break. Um, Google accidentally leaked official marketing renderings of the Pixel 4a <laughs> in the Google store. Um, it, what actually happened, and we're going to link a Verge article about this. So what actually happened is it was attached to a product page for Google Wi-Fi. Sure, <laughs> wrong, fine. wrong picture. And yeah, this is... <laughs> 
You know, it's happened before. Anybody who's worked on a website has uploaded the wrong picture for something before. And, you know, if you're disorganized, as some of us can be, and especially right now with very little motivation, uh, stuff like this happens. Uh, the kind of the fun part of this, though, which also made me sad, is that the screen had a date of May 12th on it. So kind of lending credence to that idea is we were supposed to see a Pixel 4a probably around Google I.O. time or at least... The idea was to have this foray be a part of all the marketing and press materials. And yeah, <sighs> this is getting almost comical at this point. It's like <laughs> it's, at some point, at some point, like I, I expect just to get like a, a Google or Sundar is going to just like tweet from his personal account. Look, here's a link to a public uh, Google <laughs> Photos album. Just. Here's everything. Here's a scan of like with the day. I where I, I just don't know what to tell you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was there was last time. I think the last time we talked about it, there was uh, some rumors that uh, someone had some rumors that it was in quote the system unquote as being announced like right about now. Obviously, that hasn't happened. Now that same account has said, "Oh well, it's good. you're still going to be announcing it a couple of weeks after that for some reason." But yeah, so still possible that we'll see it uh, in late July, maybe. I'm keen to see it finally because uh, I really am starting to get the itch to say, well, what if you bought like the $400 iPhone and you call it, just call it research and just take like a year and and. I would love to be able to see the Pixel 4a so that I can say, you know what? What if you bought the Pixel 4a instead? This is all like we're it's all we want this year. We just we need something. Come on. It's like it's it, it really is like uh it's like have you ever had have you ever had like a friend and like their spouse is or their 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 girlfriend or boyfriend is cheating on them? And and they yes, know, unfortunately, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> they know the relationship is over, a, a, a bar like the the final breakup. And everybody else knows the relationship is over, bar the final. But they haven't said, "Oh, by the way, we're breaking up." So you have to say, they have to say, "Oh, oh, I, I, hi, Ted. I I thought you were bringing Susan with you today. Oh, yeah. Well, she spilled a whole bottle of nail polish uh, all over her pants, and she has oh." Oh Ted, that that's that's just fine. Like oh, hi Ted. I thought I. <laughs> it's like, oh Ted, 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 Ted. Susan, Susan, just do it. Just break it. Just <laughs> okay. To, so saying Google, we know everything at this point. Even if you're not ready to ship yet, just again. Give us the give us the Google Drive public folder with the spec sheets and the PDF and the the canned interview responses. It just we're just sick of this now. See, it's it's still funny a little bit, but it's going to start getting not funny very soon. You missed an opportunity to reference Jada and Will's <laughs> video. Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith, oh, oh, their right whole table. their whole. Anyway, let's move on. Let's take a break. I, I might see that that <laughs> see that I, I will say that 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 might the the, the Jada and Will Smith uh, red table conversation. I believe see, that Andy that knows. has qualified for my my Butafuco <laughs> protocol, where it's like everybody's talking about this, 
but it seems to be something that a couple is going through as a personal thing. And now I'm kind of eager to be the one person who kind of doesn't know what anyone is talking about. You're eager, but now I ruined that for you. So no, no, no. It's, I'm sorry. It's, no, it's 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 not up there with the Kardashian protocol, where it's like I've I know very very little. All I know is that the fame and co- amount of conversation is disproportionate to the worthiness of this this individual's exploits yes, to such yes. conversation. Yes. Anyway. Uh, and on that note, let's take a quick break, and then oh. we will talk about more money. <laughs> Not your money. Like. Not your money. This isn't the Susie Orman show. <laughs> well, we were talking about antitrust, and what's more antitrust than Google in the world? Uh, because as we have talked about on this podcast in weeks past, there's a... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of antitrust being flung at Google's way, because because that, that word definitely sums up the general reaction to the amount of trust people say. put in Google with years and years of their Fitbit personal like workout information. Yes, yes. It's so not ju- it's not just a lack of trust; it's an antitrust. It is mm. what you could call suspicion, as it were. Mm. That's right. That I forgot about that word. Um, so Google's remember Google bought Fitbit two point one billion dollars, which feels like a just pocket change at this point uh, compared to you know everything else. And uh, the EU, the European Union, now that I guess they've successfully socially distanced and you know cured coronavirus. I'm being sarcastic. They're now concerned about privacy. So the courts are still going in Europe. Um, and I don't know if they're happening through Zoom or what, but certainly not happening through Google Meet. Heyo. <laughs> um, so <laughs> remember back in November, Google announced its acquisition. I know it's been that long, uh, but it still actually needs to be approved by regulators, which is why we haven't seen anything Google Fitbit related. And when you ask for wearables advice, you're asking about Fitbit on its own at this point. Uh, Google has offered something important to the EU, however. In November, they'd promised not to use any of that existing Fitbit user personal data to target ads and to allow the users to examine their data and control what it does uh, and control what does and doesn't get handed over to Google. We talked about this on the podcast. Google has now put that promise in the form of a signed and binding agreement. So it has been written on a paper napkin and the paper napkin has been laminated, so to speak. So supposedly this convinced the European Union to call off weeks of further antitrust investigation and the EU could hand down a preliminary ruling as soon as next week. But last month, there was evidence that Google is already working on a version of the assistant for the Fitbit Versa 2. So I guess we're just kind of waiting for this thing to go through, but that's not stopping Google from starting the the train on the, the work that needs to be done yeah. to kind of get this situation going. I'm very curious about what the assistant on the Fitbit Versa 2 would look like. I'm very curious how it would be activated. I'm very curious how this is going to exist alongside Wear OS. I'm very, very curious <laughs> because that's all I can yeah. be right now. I mean, um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good piece of hardware. Um, they, uh, the Versa 2 already has compatibility with Amazon's uh, virtual assistant. Whom oh, I, I forgot about name, that. I totally forgot about that. I don't want to trigger any that. devices. Um, it's, it's nice. It's, it's 200 bucks, so it is 
less expensive than most Apple watches, but it's still close enough that if you had an iPhone, you would be wondering why I would, and for the life of me, I would buy Fitbit Versa two instead of an Apple watch, instead of a Series three. Price I think. wise, right, uh, right, Apple Watch, but which the used thing- to be what people would use when they were choosing between wearables on right. the iOS platform, right. But the but the Fitbit Versa two, of course, is multi platform, so that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, it's it's pretty nice. Um, it's a chew slimmer. Yeah, said it's nothing to sneeze at. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, it's a th- it's a Thursday. <laughs> it's a Thursday. See, on Fridays, like our energy is way way up, and we're on Thursdays. We're just like, I bet I can, I bet I can get I can get myself through the next three hours so that it will be Friday. I just decided to. Ju- I, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, no, no, you I'm know, not, I started I'm, drinking I'm coffee in the I'm middle of our I'm not criticizing at all. Is, so. Thursday is Thursday is the perfect time for stuff like that. Um. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what like, I've been. I was close to buying a Versa two a couple of times. I mm. think what I think what what kind of did it in for me was seeing it in bright sunlight, because uh, it try it tries to do the same trick that the first edition of the Apple Watch did, which it tries to hide the fact that um, the screen is just like a square that's inset into the face. Uh, with, with the original Apple Watch, because it's set in this like pillow design, uh, like a, of the sea of black that curves all the way around uh, as a little bubble, it's pretty much invisible. So it gives the effect that you see this this rounded curved display on the Versa Two. From some angles, it just looked kind of cheap, and not not in a good way, not 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 like in a Dolly Parton way, where it's completely endearing and energetic and just you you it makes you makes you want to love this person like, even more. It looks like the watch. Okay, I don't mean this to be shady, but it looks like maybe some of the third-party OEM smartwatches that you can buy on Amazon that yeah. run with Android, but. You know, they're much wow, more affordable. Wow, it's a Fitbit Versa 2, but whereas the ones direct from Amazon cost $200, this guy's got them for only $72.92. Wow, I just snapped up a bargain. Like, no, you didn't. You snapped up a really bad knockoff. Yeah. And now, but, but please, sir, do not let, don't let that stop you from leaving bad bad reviews of the Fitbit Versa 2 on the official page. Eh, sorry, I've, I've seen that. God, all these... Uh, man, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm hoping I'm hoping they make something of this. It's I, I would like to I would like to to be like better than oh we took the existing top of the line or top ish of the line Fitbit and we made it uh, work with the assistant uh, and made it so that you don't necessarily have to sign up for an entirely other social media account in order to make it work. I'm I'm I one of the one of the for me one of the privacy and security advantages of Google is that you're really all in with this one company, either this. And if right. you either get completely screwed over or not screwed over at all, it's not this death of a thousand cuts where, okay, your supermarket private uh, price club card has screwed you over. However, the health club, the card that gets, gets you discounts at Walgreens is not screwing you over. Oh, but you signed up for this Fitbit sort of thing. And that was a private, that was a privacy breach. So, uh, well, I'm 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 not terribly interested in compatibility with the Versa Two. I'm more interested in getting the Fitbit team to build a Pixel Watch 
that and that that has a custom like ASIC has like custom chips, just uh, custom everything, just like the uh, just like the Apple Watch, and is actually something that I can. At, at the top of the show, I said, "Well, it's not great. I still wish I had an Apple Watch, but given that it was like on a super like fire sale last year's model sale of ninety nine dollars instead of two hundred seventy five dollars, with all of those qualifications in place." And after having made modifications to its default settings so that the battery lasts as long as I wanted to, under those situations, I'm willing to say that I don't hate this watch. I really want to be able to say that I love this watch. I right. can't wait to put it on every single day. <sighs> I feel that way about my Samsung watch. I will say that, yep. although it's yep. sitting over here dead because I forgot that I left it in my room for a couple of days. <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, I wasn't into wearing a watch the last couple of days. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. And that is okay. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes of this. I hope the EU approves this. Yeah. Please. It's hard. I, I, I do understand people's arguments that, well, this is this is what happens. Like these small companies keep get bought up by the big companies and there's no competition. Right. The, pro- the problem is that like uh, uh the, what what happens is that it's like no here's a small company that was probably going to be dead in about a year anyway just like the glasses company that uh, uh that that uh that Google bought like uh, we talked about that last week it was like they'd sold like 18 of these $600 glasses mm-hmm. and they were out of business effectively they just simply that's now That's why all they these... took the money <laughs> yeah. if you think that's about why... it like it was. It wasn't a like either. Your, I assure you, in the next ten minutes, either your brains or your signature is going to be on this contract. It was more like, "Hi, do you want to have jobs like starting from like a week from now until the indefinite future, or do you want to definitely not have a job eight days from now? Because you're free to not have jobs if you don't want them, but we can give you jobs doing what you've been doing already." You won't even have to get your mugs out of the break room. We'll let you keep your break room. So this one is a little fun, and you can try and see if you can recreate this one on your own. Uh, Andy and I tried recreating it before we started uh, recording the podcast, but unfortunately, it didn't seem to work for us on the desktop mode. Maybe this is a mobile mode thing. So, Or, if you or do, maybe we're just too old. Maybe it's, or, for, yeah. maybe it's for tech kids. You mean Gen Z? Yeah, because I'm an old now, by the way. Just... <laughs> What was you're a parent? I know it's I'm feeling it in my bones. <laughs> um, so if you do a Google search for a soon to be released game, it might return an active countdown clock, which is super fun. So some redditors have received this result for Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario Origami King, which I think I'm gonna be buying this weekend. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really kind of looking forward to getting some new Nintendo games. Well, if you're also looking forward to it, you can go do a little countdown clock. So, Andy, we both had problems recreating this. It's possibly yeah. something that they were just testing for for a quick little thing. I This reminds me of the countdown feature that you can do on Instagram. You'd be like, countdown to my live stream. Like, add this to your... That would be kind of cool if there was, like, a link to add it to my calendar, you know? Like... I wish, it, 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 it is fun and exciting. I, w- I was looking for the first thing I tried was, oh, is there a countdown clock for Wonder Woman 1984? Oh, yeah. I'm excited and, for that one. And it's not, and it's uh, it's nice in that it did pop out some intelligence. And it actually, in like big, bold letters, it said 79 days. 
And I'm like, okay, if I keep watching that, will that turn into like 78? Well, will, will it tick 79 down? minutes. I, w- I want it to tick down. <laughs> I want the, you know, I want I want to see if if I've decided to spend like, okay, the, the smart display is being discounted to like negative $8 mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. But if I want to say, I want to say, hey, 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 Guillermo, uh, what? Uh, how uh, how how long until like the wonder the new Wonder Woman movie is released? And we'll say Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is going to be released on October twelfth, which is seventy six days from today. So awesome! Can you like make that the screensaver? Like keep that on my smart display? Okay, your smart display now displays. The oh, time that's yeah, that's a good time. idea. That would be oh, thank you, Google Assistant. I should give you. You deserve to have a name. That's I like you, idea. Google Assistant. I love that. And this is why we have the after dinner mint because we just you just need something to kind of neutralize, you know, and just get yourself in there. Um speaking of getting ourselves in there, we are at the end of the episode. So, before we go, uh don't forget that you can become a member for us here at Material, if you go to relay.fm slash material, you support us, you support the whole network, Relay FM, you are just supporting, support, support, and this is the time when your support really matters. So thank you to everybody who subscribes to us monthly. Thank you to everybody who tunes in weekly. Thank you to everybody who leaves us comments on Twitter, even though I haven't updated the Twitter page since I became a host here. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody who continues to chat with Andy and I on Twitter. Uh, we just we just love doing the show every week. And yes. um, and I'm very thankful I get to have this time with Andy to just geek out over Google because that's effectively what we do here. So. It's also it's also, as someone who lives alone. It's also a very very important part of my uh, trying to keep the software for human conversation active and up to date. I was thinking about that last night. I was like, thank God I have like the podcasts because I love I love working alone and like being a freelancer in this whole thing. But I do have days where I just kind of miss people around me and just like, so what are you up to? And so Andy and I get to do that every week. And it's all thanks to your support because without your support, I mean, Andy and I would probably still like have conversations, but it's a little harder when you're freelance because time is money. (laughs) So, you know. There you go. (laughs) We, we, we We wouldn't have this wonderful business excuse to let the dishes soak for another day. That's it's funny you say that. Sorry, after I can't, this, I I can't, gotta go. <laughs> I can't vacuum. I know the carpet is really quite crunchy at this point, and there are things growing in it, but I have to do this podcast. It's, it's just true. one of those things that a responsible adult will not shirk away from. It's true. Um, Andy, what other responsibilities have you been up to this week? Uh, well, by the time you, just by like the time right. this drops, you'll be able to hear uh, this week's uh, high tech Heidi Ho uh, on Boston NPR. Uh, go to go to wgbhnews.org, uh, the Boston Public Radio Show um, today, today recorded like just a few hours before this show. Uh, was like, I was I was up late trying to make sense of the Twitter hack and a lot. It's there. I uh, whenever I'm on, uh, uh, particularly when I'm on the radio, I try to I try to be calm, reassuring, informational and dependable andy who gives you the facts and will also stress the important parts of the story that you need to know but do it in a fatherly calm way 
but this was one of the and somehow anybody is somehow just a random person inside Twitter could just say, oh, sure, buy me three pizzas. And I'll give you full access to, to, to Elon Musk's account. No problem. Somehow they didn't think that maybe. Yeah, so you got you got the energetic spittly sort of Andy. And because this radio, you don't get to, you don't have to get that spittle on you, which would not right. be. I, I was I was not wearing a mask while behind this mic, but again, I am alone in this room. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Andy, for being here thank this you. week and uh, for doing the show notes every week as you always do. I really appreciate that. Um, as for me, I actually just updated my website. So, if you go hey. to florenceion.com and you click on recent work, you will see some of the things I've worked on. Um, Recently. I've, Recently, uh, I had a story in Lifehacker a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have a couple of little bits that got posted on Android Police the last couple of months. I actually have lost track of time that I forgot how much work I've been doing the last two months. Uh, but I updated the website today. So if you want to go check that out, I would appreciate it. Um, I always appreciate support from everyone out there. And I'm also kind of coming in and out of Ask Flow because a lot of people have been asking me about weather apps because of the whole dark sky thing. And I think the next thing is going to be wearables because I keep getting that question, what smartwatch did I buy? So stay tuned for that. Um, and until next week, everybody just be safe, be healthy, and stay home, please. Just <laughs> stay home. 